Today's episode is sponsored by our very good friends over at Neural DSP. If you're completely unfamiliar with who Neural DSP are, they make guitar and bass plugins that cover a wide range of tones and styles. Anything from the crisp cleans of a Tone King Imperial to the rich leads of a Soldano SLO. There's also the Archetype series, which is essentially signature amps made by some of your favourite artists. So whether that's Tim Henson of Polyphia, Pliny, or our very good friend, Rabia Massad. If you like the sound of all that, you can get a 14-day free trial over at neuraldsp.com on any of the plugins that they do. Um, and even better than that, you can get 30% off if you want to buy some or all of them or just one uh, using the code music is everything at their checkout. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Music is Everything podcast with me, Matt Hornby, and my very smiley friend, Andrew Groves. Hello, Andrew. What are you excited about? Um, recently, Madhul, I've been excited about the drums. No, you haven't. Yeah, it's true. Hold the phone. <laughs> I've been, um, I mean, you know, I like the drums. Who doesn't? Um, but recently I've been doing a lot of drum programming. Mm-hmm. And um, like a, for a long time, I've been doing a lot of drum programming on some personal projects, but also for some work. Um, both on and off the pitch, uh, you know, whether on a real <laughs> drum kit or... Um, like a, uh, 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 electronic drums and samples and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, that requires you know, a lot of, a lot of thought and a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, sometimes research and sometimes maybe like in my work I've been doing a kind of style of drumming that is not necessarily uh, very not not necessarily natural, but just not very um, just not the usual kind of style of music I work with. So mm-hmm. it's been really really rewarding to just listen to lots of music and lots of influences and kind of you know just kind of bring a bring something into my life that's just a little um, a little different. And and just to really mm-hmm. study drums, and I've been, I've been really enjoying it. It's been, it's like the subtlety of rhythm, and also just some of the like, like, uh, like drum sounds as well. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just really exciting. Certainly, just to kind of give some, kind of, uh, you know, that kind of like Alabama shakes, kind of um, tame Impala style. But then also like, um, like old school jungle and um, kind of breaks and break break beat and break core, um, and yeah, uh, like just going through some of those like super old beats and trying to like dissect them as to like just why they sound good, why you know why they've literally kind of uh, kind of uh, the foundation of so so many different types of music and obviously like soul and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, just just just. The intricacy of of a drum beat, I think, is so cool. The subtle like pushing and pulling of of elements. Like if you quantized it, it wouldn't be the same thing. If everything was on the grid, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't be the same thing. It's sort of you you have to 
move outside of the color outside of the lines if you know if you know what i mean for it to be something special and it's a funny thing to like really hold like you could you know i think like of like people like nate smith like just incredible drummers with incredible feel and like if you ever really looked at their <clears throat> i don't know if you could get like a midi file of something that they played mm-hmm. like you could copy that but like if you wanted it to kind of continue on just a myriad of micro transactions kind of happening and subtle push and pull at certain places. And and you change one thing and it just can instantly feel, um, what's it kind of like when you see the, the machine in something, if that makes sense. Like it, 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 as soon as you change one thing, it just adjusts the feel and it no longer has the kind of precious, there's a a humanism to it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you could go, okay, well, you know, we'll take the key, you know, the key accents and we'll make sure they're on the one, but maybe we'll take some of the kicks and we'll make them a little bit late and we'll take some of the snares and make them a little bit early. And we'll take the hi-hat and maybe we'll take, you know, some of the weaker beats of the hi-hat and make them a little bit late. And like you could do that, but it's just not the same. And funny enough, I ended up downloading like literally hundreds of break beats as in literally the old school type as in literally on a record there was a drum break between you know what part any part of a song but basically drums by themselves mm-hmm. and it's just a small little you know a couple of bars maybe and just and then you got like you start going looking through and you got like you know bernard uh, purdy and all these kind of real classic you know the purdy shuffle and all this kind of stuff like classic drummers you know from the 70s or what have you and obviously then that all of that music inspired obviously you got the amen break and all that kind of stuff but all that stuff inspired obviously drum and bass and jungle and and obviously even music still now um and it's really like excited me about um i was listening to tame and parlor nice um, and uh well not tame and parlor someone reacting to a tame and parlor song <laughs> okay fine and um I was just like, man, those drums are really great and they're played really nice. And I do like them and their kind of, um, I think Grizzly Bear and a few others, they're kind of like, they're in a kind of similar elk of these really kind of lo-fi gritty drums and kind of, um, you know, one mic drum kit type type things. Um, and yeah, just, just, I didn't think it could excite me that much, but like having really spent some time I mean, I talk about it recently, a couple of years, maybe longer, mm-hmm. but just at the moment, just something about, it makes me really excited. I'm like, man, how can I fit a drum kit in here and like mm-hmm. mic it up and, and, and just, and like kind of mic it up correctly and incorrectly. I think there's something magical about music where it's both right and wrong at exactly the same time. I was trying to explain this to someone. I was explaining that, this drum beat is very simple, but it's incredibly complex at the same time. And you don't really know why you just feel that it is, but you can't learn or you can learn, but you can't quite exactly replicate the feel of a great drummer and all that experience and knowledge. And yeah, they could, you know, Thomas Pridgen it up and absolutely shred it to bits, but there's something about that pocket. And it just, like I say, people like Nate, Nate Smith is a great example. Like just it's just, it should be 
people, it shouldn't be available to people under the age of 21 for a start, <laughs> is filth of the worst kind. You know, little mag, little maybe a little plastic slip over the CDK's parental advisory. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parental, parental advisory, do not touch. Yeah, do not it's eat. It's filth. But it's, you can't, it's such a, it's, you know, it's a simple beat. It's maybe just, you know, and it's a kick, a snare and a hi-hat. But it, it just makes you feel something in your soul. It's tapping into some kind of element. And like, that's such a funny thing to learn, that sense of timing. Because it's a, milli, a couple of, you know, milliseconds out in in either direction, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good. It's such a fine push, but and it's preceded by all the beats that are established before it, just so you can maybe that snare can just be a little bit early, a tiny bit earlier than it should be, and that has a certain effect on the feel. But you had to prepare that a little bit earlier on in the song, uh, or maybe earlier on in the bar, just to kind of you know, and you're it's kind of like a spinning plate kind of kind of design. But um, but yeah, it's just made me. There's a record by um, uh, artist called Zamuto, and had it on in shuffle in the car, and just clearly he's someone who's very excited about the drums, even though he's not necessarily a drummer himself. And just the drum sounds and the beats are just—they drive the whole song. They're kind of right at the front of all the songs. I forgot mm-hmm. how much I love that record and just having it on, and I was just. Oh, gave new, renewed, like just, I know how hard it is to distort the drums just right. Not so it's flabby, not so the cymbals are going, just compressing and just getting it moving just right. It feels like you've captured something in the wild. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a magical thing. So yeah, may, some people may be interested in that or not, but me particularly, I'm very interested in that at the moment. I think it's a, um, my personal belief is it is the foundation of well any any music with drums drums is the foundation yeah. of and it it's the it's just, it's just everything i i think drums i i get so excited by drums i have to say though when you're talking about um i mean i think i my appreciation of you know like the stereotypical uh over enthusiastic uh drummer of <laughs> sure. Uh, kind of rock, mm-hmm. itchy, ants and pants mm-hmm. kind of style. Um, that is my enthusiasm with drums. Sure. I, I feel like I just want more. Not overplaying, but like, yeah, I feel like that is my thing. So when you're talking about these kind of greats of, I just, I don't recognise the names. I'm I'm very much, my my, my reference right. library is, uh, you know, relatively modern. I'd sure, say. sure. Well, get, like I say, you said, you know, in the last episode, you were having a, a little resurgence. That They're the lads. They're the, like when you, uh, I mean, call back to about two years ago when I was having road trips um, without responsibilities and care. Um, uh, was it my life, those are memes, like my life choice, like being held back by my life choices, my life choices, <laughs> and it's that kid. Um, uh, um, no, I love him. And, uh, but it being like the access to listen, I'm like James Jameson, you know, like, or like I can listen to, I can listen to Marvin Gaye and listen to people like, um, you know, James Brown and 
those guys, man, are, are the backbone of the world at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, there's no one editing that. That's the sound, you know, like same with like the bass players at that time. Just beasts, wild beasts of the East. Like just locked in. Like you couldn't pay those guys enough at that time. You know, in their brown suede, you know, baggy uh, suits. That's what it's all about. You know, like stinking of smoke. But just, and and they sound incredible now. That's the whole thing. As you listen to those records, mm-hmm. those soul records especially, and just timing and the, like they are the timing. There's no click track. There's no quantization. There's no editing. There's no Pro Tools. It's just you know, you're just, you're all beholden to this guy and the bass is just there locked in, you know, I think, I, I, I think it's my, one of the many wonders of the world is getting, having the opportunity to just, you know, find a little playlist like that and, and just sit and listen through and just, I mean, such a brown sound, that entire, uh, I feel like I'm dressed appropriately. Like it's quite a, quite a, (laughs) quite a thing, you know? But it's um, just just magic, just top the 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 guys leading the way, and as well, as well they should. I hope their estates are well quaffed, well plenished. <laughs> yeah. Um, who are your favourite uh, like top three drummers? Top all three time? drummers of all time. Well, even, yeah, or just favourites generally. You know, I'm not going to hold you to it. Oh. Tough, and actually for different reasons. Oh, I really like um, Yusef Days. Okay. He's playing with, I think, Pino Palladino's son at the moment. Right. Rocco. Um, but he's a great drummer. He's a really good drummer, uh, as is, uh, yeah, Nate Smith. Um, he often plays with Wolfpack and has his own kind of thing and has done a load of session. But yeah, Nate Smith, again, fantastic drummer. But then, like, as far as, like, my favourite drummers, there's, like, a, like you say, that, like, I, when Thomas Pridgen was in the Mars Volta, that, I remember being in the room and being like, oh, this is going to change the world. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and, um, and also, like, um, uh, is it Bart from um, Leprous? Just an animal in the right way as well. Like, not too much, not too little, not too much, you know, it's there, it's impressive. It's impressive playing, but it's just where it needs to be. And the music corresponds, you know. Um, I, I think he's sessioning on someone else's record, but I keep seeing little Instagram clips of him playing over some f- big old chunky riffs. And that's, mm-hmm. um, I think that's pretty exciting. So yeah, it's kind of, it's a different thing, I, I, you know. Um, it's a different, sometimes I, I like seeing a drummer in pain, personally. I think a drummer in pain is a drummer in Blaine. Um, <laughs> in gain. In gain. Um, no pain, no gain. Yeah, I don't, I don't like seeing some, I don't, I don't want a kind of stone face drummer. I like, I think if you're in pain, you're doing something good. I want you to, I want you to get in the, yeah, yeah, in the gristle. Yeah, I think that's you know? the thing. Like, um, a lot of my favourite drummers is, it's bum off, bum off the seat. <laughs> sure, but, sure. It, and like famously that, 
Davey Lich Mars Volta clip where mm. his bum literally yeah, yeah. flies off the seat most Smashing of the time. Smashing the life out of those drums. Those drums never been licked like they've been licked that day. It's annoying, yeah. And it's, it was amazing, very inspiring. But then, like, uh, harking back to this band you may have heard of, maybe I've talked about before, mm. Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. Uh, their, ori- their original drummer, Stephen Adler, mm. right? Like he sits forward, he's like he's in it, he's mm. he's he's on top. Mm-mm-mm. Then they get Matt Sorum, who's he's a bit chill. Like this, yeah, 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 laid, laid back. And then Frank Ferrer, the same kind of drummer, mm. and it's cool. And like, don't get me wrong, they're great and fine, mm. all good, and people love them. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I think there's there's that the the punk rock edge of it might fall over at some point or there's an urgency to like people playing for their lives Mm -hmm. and uh i feel that with so thanks for asking andrew my top three yeah are are, um, it's a given uh, i don't need to you know if you come around my house and you want a glass of water go on then yeah you know of course yeah Yeah, help yourself help yourself glasses are in the glass cupboard i'll tell you where they are in the most obvious place yeah, the logical place for the tap. <laughs> I can guarantee that. If you come to my house, you know where things will be. The most logical place. Uh, okay, next time you come to my house, I'm going to I'm going to test my abilities yeah. with your knife, fork, spoon, your diligence. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. But um, so I'd say for me, it's Bard Colstad yeah. is like he's 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 of all the modern drummers and just drummers in general, like such a mix of technicality but also just simplicity where it's needed and prowess and, uh, and prowess yeah, yeah but has that feeling of like he's if i don't play all if i don't hit these things i'm gonna die yes and like that's how he plays and he's like i've got to do it before i die Mm-mm. and it's like gotta play all the stuff and it's impressive and so it are oh, it, it's just i can't praise him enough mm. but then i guess like looking further back obviously chad smith i really like his drumming he feels sure. like like a bear of the drums, mm. like he's bigger than it. And he's, he's just, yeah, he's just like, yeah, having them, for, having them for breakfast. Just really like trying to squash them, <laughs> make them as small as possible. And then uh, Travis Barker, like little guy, but he's playing like he's got, I don't know, a, a swarm of wasps in his pants and mm. he's just trying to get them away from him. So it's diff- they're all different, but like I think they're, just off the top of my head, they're like my my faves. Nice, and it's really and and they underpin all all my favorite music has great drummers behind it. In my opinion, I mean, it, it's a finding. I don't a care good, about singers, but drummers. Yeah, finding a finding a good drummer is very hard, in my opinion. I think they are few and far between to try and find. Like you say, it has to be. There's a balance. There is a balance. It's a, again, it's a balancing act. Like I say, you want them to, like you say, fight for their life, but then you want that, you need that technicality, you need that. And also like the drums are just the, 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 the tone, the placement of one symbol, the placement of where you, where one kick, one snare, that changes everything. I think there's mm-hmm. a great band. Eaton was an example at the time. I can never remember the name of the drummer, so I'm sorry about that. There's a band called uh, Shining from uh, Norway. And um, one thing they always did really cool, um, and I use it as an example a lot, is they would be 
the whole rest of the band would just be firing on all cannons. It would just be the riff. The riff is here. The riff has landed. We're playing the riff. But the drummer, he would just be playing it so unsatisfyingly. Just snatching away at it a little bit. Just maybe he's just a little bit too involved in the riff. You know, maybe if the, you know, riff is for example maybe he's on every accent and it's cool he's the riff is dropped everyone's on full distortion singers singing and that's cool everyone's like it's happening everyone's on 10 amps loudest everyone yes here we go, press the yes button to go, pressed. Here we are, we're going. But he's just holding back that vital piece of information. Because what you don't want, you don't want dun dun ga dun dun da dun dun ga dun dun da dun dun ga dun dun da dun dun ga. What you want is dun dun ga dun dun da dun dun ga dun 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 ga da da that's the that's the site. Damn boy. Yeah, we're waiting at least for, that. for that to be introduced at some point. You know, it's I think if it's too because that that feels like Metallica, and the the guitars are driving sure. the music. The guitars the drums, are the drums. Yeah, and the, and the drums are kind of trying to keep up mm-hmm. and kind of following their lead. Mm-hmm. And you 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 need this. I've kind of talked about this before. My random concept of my theory of drums mm. is that the the band wants to be pushed from behind by the drums, sure. not pulled by the guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want yeah, you want the drummer to be introducing the, the grooves and the ideas which then influences what's being played or gives it a different context like you say like a halftime mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Uh, which really like changes it up mm-hmm. and they're so they're like the conductor the, the very loud they, conductor they decide on i feel like they decide in the in the same you know in the same way that a guitarist has you know the option of levels of distortion or or maybe their part is more evolved. And, you know, the traditional idea of a very stereotypical kind of, you know, quiet in the verse, loud in the chorus type thing is that, you know, you're trying to establish different levels and, you know, you want your second chorus to be bigger than your first chorus and your third chorus to be bigger than your second chorus. And then if you go into a thing after the third chorus, well, everyone's at 11. So you need to like make room and and the drummer you know, in the same way that we might use distortion pedals or whatever, and the singer obviously can, can, can you know, and dynamics and, you know, and the way the parts are going together. I think like rhythmically, there is just so much there on like deciding how this music is being digested and like kind of contextualizing the music at that. Like I say, the band can keep playing the same thing. And like, again, people like part of this is really, really good for that because they often do that game where the, 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 the band is playing the same rhythm, but the drummer is changing the, the sort of the context again, whether mm. it's halftime, double time, or whatever, or like a triplet feel or whatever. But placing these things as obstacles, as as um, suspense and release in their own sense. Mm. If the rhythm feels awkward and or isn't allowing, you know, isn't giving you the kind of four to the floor that you want, that's a that's as different as being, you know, a clean amp to a distorted amp. It's 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 withholding information because it's that understanding of of what is 
satisfying to us as humans. Mm. And, you know, those devices that we employ within every song, whether it's pop, metal, or, you know, breakbeat or anything, it's, it's those there, uh, it's a kind of an understanding of the, the harmony and the rhythms that we enjoy. That's why there's mm. so much plagiarism, really. Because we enjoy the same things, bottled down there's, there's certain reasons and changes from major to minor and you know mm-hmm. uh, 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 and kind of uh, inflections and accents and and juxtaposing rhythms that we we really enjoy as humans and and you know most songs are essentially work their best when they're trying to utilize those ideas at the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so i think yeah i like, like the subtleties of, of drums and the parts I, i've really come to admire some of the small elements that you you aren't hearing as the at the forefront of the drums and the ghost notes and and kind of just what what role they're playing in you know either establishing a pattern or a rhythm or an idea or or creating a context for a part and when that part is or isn't there then that that changes an effect or moving something or shifting um a, a beat or even naturalizing um elements changes in time signature or or changes in feel like the drummer is just absolutely there to introduce you know those ideas earlier on and and foreshadow you know oh maybe you know let's say you have a four four song and there's a bit that changes to three four maybe you start you know introducing a bit of three over four a bit earlier in the song or maybe some ideas because then you're Mm -hmm. you're kind of making that more palatable to us as, 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 as listeners and you're in, you're foreshadowing that idea. And so when it comes up, it's not so much of a jarring surprise. Three, four feels a lot faster than four, four or, 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 you know, or even, you know, you go into an even more complicated time signature. They all have a particular feeling in the same way that different keys and different chords have different feelings. So yeah, I, I've really come to enjoy it. It's something I'm really pleased that I had, I was given the opportunity and I had it to do it for work. And I was like, Oh, I really want to, I haven't, played a whole lot of this drum drumming style before where it's a little more kind of like a bit more pocket and um and it was really fun other than just to kind of play it in with my hands mm-hmm. and kind of feel it it was fun it was like oh maybe i'm i'd like to see other people's beats and 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 really understand like the delegation of parts uh, around the drums and understand that a little more so yeah i um that was why i've really enjoyed this last nice sort of five years or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, how about you, Matt? What are you excited about? Um, I am excited about Lewis Capaldi. Ah. Straight away. I um, I watched his documentary the other day. Okay. And have you seen it? I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's a documentary about Lewis Capaldi. Mm. And uh, he said that it was going to be all like celebratory. It, so he had like a, you know film crew following him around for a bit and the idea is he's got a tour and it's like a really exciting time and then um covid happened and they were staying in his house and then he got really he's was, was the build up to his second album basically tough and it's really it was really interesting because obviously he's massive mm-hmm. and i found out the other day his one of his songs is in the top 10 most played on youtube ever wow i think that's right Pretty good. Or Spotify. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he's out of nowhere. Still seems pretty grounded. Still seems pretty funny. Um, but this, like, it was kind of about really the like the pressure he was under to kind of get this album done. And 
I don't want to give it all away, but there's some, yeah, just went through a bit of a shit bit where he was like not in a good spot. And it's quite, it was quite serious actually. And you're like the, it's, it was, I thought it was very, in a similar way to, not a similar way actually, nothing can be similar. Um, but how I respect Metallica for some kind of monster because sure. they could have got that edit and gone, this Put it in the vault. This is never see it going <laughs> Don't even put it out, in the vault, man. Ever. Yeah, it's an ama- amazing, yeah. put- uh, humble decision considering it's so unflattering. It's unreal. It's, yeah. And I, I, but I have to respect that. I'm like, that, you did that for bigger reasons than yourself. Yeah. Um, and this is, <laughs> it's a quite an extreme comparison, probably. But the Lewis Capaldi thing is, um, really vulnerable really uh portrays him in a really un like not an unflattering like it's not flattering okay. it's not that he's an asshole but mm. like the things he's going through are, are difficult and very um yeah very it's a very tough situation that he's put out and he said it's a difficult watch mm. um because it's quite sad mm. um but it's but i really respect again i respect the fact that Apparently, lots of people have been very positive about it and gone. That's what, you know, yeah, that's been, how I've heard of it. Is that I've heard lots of good reviews and people saying thank you for sharing that. That that's kind of how sure. my impression of it. That's well, literally yeah. what I know about it. Yeah, humanizes it and humanizes him and is relatable for many people, I'm sure. And um, is a bit less of the maybe that Instagram thing is dying a bit, but maybe it's not of portraying this perfect life and all these kind of unrealistic expectations of things. Um, It's kind of the antithesis of that Mm. and very, very real and very, um, very humbling. And yeah, I found it very poignant. The kind of, the curve towards the end of it goes, you know, it's, it's like, and then it was all fine. (laughs) So this kind of happy ending, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, really enjoyed it. And I really, yeah, I just, I like, I like, I like him. It's interesting as well. If you're interested in kind of the behind the scenes stuff of how an album gets made, particularly in a, uh, a mainstream, very mainstream, um, I was going to use the word pop, but it's very pop. More, it's, yeah, it is, but it's more the mainstream sens- sensibility sure. rather than, uh, the negative connotations to do with pop as sure. in like I can't write a song so I'll have a team do it for me sure sure um, you know he's very much he's very very good mm. at everything mm-hmm. uh, and it's more it's I find it interesting to see behind the scenes of the big big music machine mm. um, so yeah and he right he yeah, it's, it's very natural. It's very, for someone who go, who's gone through kind of that and is in that position, smashing it, making it look easy. Um, uh, but I think this is why, I think this is why it was so refreshing. Or not refreshing is the wrong word. Why it was so interesting because it is the kind of character who seems to kind of naturally just flow through stuff. And there's a bit, and his parents are in it quite a lot and they say the same thing, you know, he, he's, he's, he comes across so jokey and jovial mm. and easygoing. Um, but then you realise he's really like, you know, carrying a weight, you know. Sure. Well, that's, I think that's kind of, that's the great kind of, um, 
don't know, sort of misinformation, I suppose, behind all of that stuff. I'm, I'm sure that journey isn't, and you know, is is far from unique, but it's not very cool to show that side of things. You know, uh, you know, lots of artists go through those emotions, and and you know, like I know, I think I've seen, you know, elements of of. Um, I think he, I think he was diagnosed with Tourette's, and 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 I think mm-hmm. he's kind of been fairly open, and 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 it's kind of in a weird way like. It shouldn't be down to them because you start falling into that road of like, well, you chose this path. You could have been a plumber. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like it's, it's kind of, it's not down to them, but it, it, a popular person, uh, you know, being so candid and so, humble and and vulnerable mm-hmm. about their situation i think is you know a good step towards trying to normalize that decision and that you know that it isn't you know again that that it's so we've spoken about it a few times that feeling of like oh well you must have golden buses and you know golden <laughs> toilet paper and and therefore you have nothing to complain about and i think it's just kind of well that this is my situation like i've you know success mm-hmm. Success and money doesn't necessarily make you happier. And if anything, you know, can give you more problems. And sure, maybe those problems are individual to you and people in your circumstance, but they're real enough to you. And I I don't think that makes them any less valid. There's also a point in there, I think, about the the cost of uh, what we, the uh, kind of, I hate the word consumer, but I'm going to use it, yeah, we the fan or the the enjoyer, mm-hmm. the uh, it's the the cost of what that you know avid fandom and avid consumption has. Mm. Because at the end of the day, everyone's a person and shit and eat and all that mm. stuff. And if something is, it's like we want them. We want. Oh no, they're they're going through this time. I hope that's not bad. But also, when's the new album coming out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like there's there's a, there's a cost to, and when it's on on scale uh, to that effect, I'm sure that you know major labels and that kind of industry has like safeguards and stuff to make. You think? Well, okay, I don't know if it does. Yeah, but let's just say there was some consideration to the human going through the shit. Because yeah. also these people who come out of nowhere, it's like, okay, your life's different overnight. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some people get burnt and it goes bad. And, and even if it's successful, it's still difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, buying organic fruit and veg because you don't want to fill the soil with fertilizer and sure. uh, pesticides or buying plastic free packaging clothing or whatever mm-hmm. because you don't want that to go to Bangladesh and be burnt mm-hmm. or whatever it's just like you know you are what you eat mm-hmm. just yeah the just be just be yeah con- conscious of that that part of you know what you're asking and what you're wanting from an artist yeah I, it like I say it, it's such a hard metric like there's such a notion of 
And again, you know, it asks much bigger questions of like what, like what qualifies anything and what, what, you know. <laughs> that's a big question. Like, because like, you know, that that's, I mean, A, that should be, like it, yeah, it's, it is, because you can't measure music other than by its success commercially, you know, it becomes really hard to ask like, well, okay, well, you know, the idea is that that's part of what you're paying for in the same way that when you, I don't know, when you go to a doctor or a lawyer, you're paying, the idea is really that you're paying off some of their education because they've, that that's the true, that's, that's the, the original math, right? Is that part of the high cost is because you're paying for their expertise and that expertise they had to, you know, pay a lot of money to study for and do a lot of education. You know, in the same way that if you were a car mechanic, technically some of your money is going towards the tools that you have and the premise that you have and your experience. Mm. And because you've done it before, you're going to do a good job on this one. All that, you know, that traditional idea of, 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 you know, this isn't, this money changing hands is not, you know, like representative of just the half an hour I spent doing this. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, is, is more than that. You know, it's, I need to pay my taxes. I need to pay for the premise that I'm in. I need to pay my employees. It's not just about yeah. my half an hour. That's the true cost of like, when you're sitting there trying to work out how much do I charge, that's part of the equation. This bit of money needs to go here. This needs to go here. This is how much I need to earn to cover my um, expenses. You know, I need to make this much per day to do this. And that all of that stuff in the in a real world decision that, you know, does those, that, that, that covers all those things. And that is meant to be the math and all your books are great and everyone's happy. And that's great. The problem is, is with music is a, it falls into the luxury category where it's like, get a real job then, you know? Um, and then also it's subjective. So it's not like, Oh, I'm an amazing engineer. Look at all these things that qualify me for being an amazing engineer and because I'm an amazing engineer, you should pay me this much. Or I'm worth, I go to a place and they say, great, this is how much you're going to earn. Or I can go for these established positions already. It doesn't work like that. If you, you can, music, you just, there's no, you could be the worst technically or anything and still come up with a hit. Worst, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and still come up with a hit single or, you know, whatever. There's no like big metric. So then how are you meant to like judge that? Can you do, and then it becomes something you decide. You, I think I have something to say. I think my music is, should be out there. And so therefore, you know, like that, that's what I should be paid for. And that's, I should, you know, and again, it's like, well, where's your like where's your sick pay <laughs> or whatever do you know what I mean where's your like all of those elements and, and and the idea of lifestyle you know I'm sure there's a heavy amount of people like well, what's he got to complain about he's got this he's got this there's a war in Ukraine that kind of stuff you know and then, and and so I think it is like it it 
it asks really big questions of like, well, we consume this music readily, but yet we ask so little or we pay so little, well, nothing for it. And we expect that to come. And what worth is it? You know, I think during COVID, everyone was like, oh my God, you know, all the TV programs I watched and the music they consumed and all this kind of stuff and the live shows or whatever you, but, and everyone was like, well, what if all that stuff went away, you know? But then you have the problems of of any industry, like you have, you know, people, uh, there's I, I, part of an ongoing, um, my ongoing Twitter feed, um, uh, what's the word? Not coercing, but the, the, I've got my Twitter feed just... Algorithm manipulation. Yeah, just primed. So I purely have kind of mainly illustrators and 3D art, concept artists all recommending each other their work. And it's, so it's just, I just flick through and just follow, 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 save, 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 bookmark, nice. bookmark, whatever. And always the question there is like, people are like, how much are you charging for this? And someone's like, cool. Someone came to me and said, I need you to draw 10 3D printed or three, you know, a 3D concept art for my uh, car park. And he said, cool, that's going to be £30,000. And the guy was like, get on your bike, mate. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, yeah, cool, fine, no worries. Uh, Come back to me when you're serious. Um, And and then, of course, there are people who's like, man, I would do that for 25. I would, you know, struggling artist. Of course, they're going to, you know, anyone be like, I'll do it for 10. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll do it for a grand. You know, mm. and that, and then suddenly you've devalued that guy's got, and that's his career. He does it for big companies, huge companies. You know, they make the money they make on those designs is nowhere near that money. So that's completely fair. His math and, and there's, he is charging a fair price for his work. But if people are, you know, Fiverr and these kind of things. So then the guy's just like, cool, I'll find someone else to do it. Who's going to do it cheaper. And the same, yeah. it's the same for music. You know, you, you can't, you know, you can't, it takes bigger artists to, to kind of, you know, push these things for there to really be any weight change. To, you know, yeah. Do you know, do you know what it's very similar to? Mm. And uh, something I've actually been wanting to talk about oh, for a little while on here. Okay. It's similar to farming, right? Right. So, you know, you pay, you get your two litres of milk for a quid mm. and that's not the true cost. Mm. And a show I've been watching recently, series one and two, sure. Clarkson's Farm. Sure, sure. And if you haven't seen it, do you know, I very much recommend it. If you're not a fan of Top Gear or Jeremy Clarkson, that's fine. Yeah. Because this is, I, I'd say this is altogether more uh, like a softer side. Um, and I remember in school, we learned about farming and geography and uh, this idea of diversification came up. Basically saying farmers are having to diversify because there isn't the money mm-hmm. for what they do they can't make ends meet. And it's obviously there's EU subsidies and government subsidies for everything and mm-hmm. blah de blah uh, Although Clarkson's Farm actually covers quite a lot of that mm-hmm. in quite nice uh, reality detail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to get into that too much. But um, yeah, I remember learning about this in geography. And it seems like that that's 
what's happening in music. You, uh, there's not enough money in music. Everyone knows that. So if you want to be successful, you diversify mm -hmm. and you take on, uh, you work it as a, like a lost leader, mm -hmm. which is the idea where you make money elsewhere and your, your main kind of product is a loss maybe not even main, but that's, yeah, in this uh, circumstance. Your music's, you know, you make it at a loss and you supplement that loss of income by something that's money-making mm. and ideally complementary. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, yeah, you learn about that in geography. And so that was, I went to school quite a long time ago. Um, and then it wasn't unusual to hear farmers opening farm shops or mm. campsites or, you know, whatever, um, and therefore earning money elsewhere with their land or selling off a building, anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's just where we're at with music. And I think it's a, it takes everyone a bit of a while to get used to. You see it with, you know, even years, it's probably started years ago. Mm. Um, you know, it's like that whole thing about David Beckham earning his most money from sponsorships, mm -hmm. you know, uh, not playing football, which mm -hmm. he's known. Um, you know, I'm sure Slash earns a wedge from his signature guitars mm -hmm. uh, and books. And, mm -hmm. you know, everything is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's music unfortunately seems to fall down the cracks of a, something that's not there to make the main money however provides the credibility for a music brand which can make money in many other ways mm -hmm. that's my synopsis mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and obviously uh yeah funny again yeah i've not other than being aware of top gear and who jeremy clarks is i ironically have heard i don't care for him or them but the i have heard like really positive stuff said actually about mm -hmm. um it's very good and again uh, funny enough it's an analogy. Guys, sorry, I, analogy just whilst you say that, yeah, just the, 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 the interest, the most interesting point about that show is that he's making points about farmers not being able to make ends meet and all that. Mm. But he is being, the reason his farm is okay and he's managing to invest a lot of cash mm. is that it's a, it's not a farm. It's a marketing led sure. business mm -hmm. paid for by Amazon Prime. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which, do you know what I mean? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. But as in, as in that's always the thing is, you know, I would say like with the music situation, my, my phrase was always like, wait until you realise how much milk costs. You know, like mm -hmm. there's, there's no way, you know, milk goes from anywhere from like what, one pound to two pounds, maybe more, depending how much you buy. What you're buying filtered or unhomogenized or whatever unhomogenized whatever it is unpasteurized unpasteurized um, or organic or whatever uh and yeah like you know try and try and raise that price you know like and see and it, and it's 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 just a, a a big pile of shit really it's like well <laughs> you know how are you going to tell people you know who you know people who aren't so well off that they can't, you know, no longer can afford to get milk, you know, or like, sure. Uh, but at but the same time, with... tell that to the farmers who are getting absolutely, and they'll like, um, you know, like famously always the worst of the supermarkets for being so um, aggressive with their price points and like, well, fine, don't come to us then, you know, you, this is what we're going to pay and this is what it is. 
Um, well, that's exactly what I was going to say when you're saying it takes some big people to make a stand. It all starts with like the supermarkets going, hey, we're a supermarket now. Now you're local, we're going to squash your local shops, mm. but we can give you this much money yeah. uh, for your milk. And it's if, if all the farmers at that point had just said, no, go away, supermarkets, we see where this is going, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, someone's going to say yes. And and they go, actually, you know, for that quantity, I'll do it for a bit less. And then once they've got you and then change the whole retail environment, mm. then the whole thing starts to topple and they can, they've got command. of They can sure. say, well, actually, this year I need it half the price. Sure. And then they're like, well, we've got nowhere else to go. So we have to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of similar. Take take everything, take your stuff off Spotify, you know, myself included kind of thing, you know, like... But everyone's using it and that's how it's da 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 and you know it's better to get something than nothing and you know back mm-hmm. we'll be going back to street uh you know torrent torrenting and stuff like that again and so yeah so it, it is a is an absolute nightmare when it comes to finding a, a way out of that and and again yeah just to obviously with uh lewis capaldi you know again then the obviously we're talking more about financial but then you know the whole point with that is that you know then that is to provide some kind of infrastructure so that you know you know if if you want the milk you need to look after the cow you know and and then you know look after the farmer and and again like i think it is a very modern idea to you know maybe you know think about the welfare of your artists and 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 maybe you know their health and touring and whatever i mean you know take one any look at any kind of child star or young actor or anything like that you know it's it's no different you know no one's no one's everyone's there trying to get on with what they're trying to get on and that's fine they're trying to do that as well that <clears throat> label's trying to you know keep doing what it's doing or they're going to get the chop or they you know and they need to keep bringing money in or they're going to flop and then that stops all you know that's them not being able to support anyone and they drop all their other bands and you know your managers they're just trying to make their ends meet you know it's it's how it is mm-hmm. and again you know obviously like you know the idea of like a union or anything like that is 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 um pretty untenable but again like completely realistic and happens in many other unions are huge here and very much not a dirty word um but for example yeah like uk and america they're they're kind of you know, compl- you know, very much shunned. Um, and again, they have their positives and negatives and, you know, trying to get, you know, get people to band together and say something with, every, you know, uh, ex- ex- export this to any other problem. If everyone just said no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good, good. And, and the, on, I kind of really just echo what everyone else has said, like good on him for, for, sharing that and you know i'm sure there are many people who could really i've not seen it myself but can relate to it or or you know find i think it's important you know to share that and again Definitely. part of the connection you know part of just to be like hey i'm you know i'm Lewis capaldi i got money i got this i got that but that doesn't mean i'm any different than anyone else i'm still yeah, yeah, struggling yeah, yeah. with this and still struggling nice but yeah work. i really recommend uh giving it a watch it nice. is it's really good nice really good nice nice, nice chap he he does come across as a very affable young man. 
Um, good, good crack, as they say in Scotland. <laughs> um, so, what I thought, funnily enough, and actually, um, I've probably seen more about Lewis Capaldi as a person than I have his music. I probably couldn't tell you a single song, I don't think. Oh, there's some great songs. You actually really like the music, I think. Is it kind of in an Ed Sheeran-like? No, it's better. It's better. So, as someone you loved, I think, is one of the biggest ones. Okay. Um, he's got a really, like, husky, sultry voice. He's got a really good... He's way less poppy and shiny than Ed Sheeran. Mm. He's got a bit more, uh, I'd say, depth and a bit more of a darkness to it. Um, I really like his melodies. Um, he plays a bit of guitar and piano um, and writes all... Well, he was working with a lot of writers in this documentary. Um, but yeah, his, I really like his music. It's totally... It's way more miserable, which is <laughs> okay. right up yours and my streets. Yeah, nice. Um, so... Yeah, he's got a great voice. It's just it, okay. a really unexpected voice for who he is. Like I say, I know uh, who he is very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but I feel his like voice he, is ver- his comedy and his interviews. I think have come more into my more into my life, um, which brings me to the topic of um, go on things I've been looking at on the internet. Um, <laughs> uh, it. It's just something that's kind of accumulated, but it happened this morning and we were looking for thinking about other topics and and there is just something about well, A, a huge element of YouTube and Instagram and what have you is really founded in this idea of like reactions. Mm-hmm. And whether that's like too someone else's video to a film to a new I don't know trailer or something to someone's music to 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 whatever whether it's a jump you know whether it's just a it seems like like modern internet is the very heart of it is reaction like sure i mean you can extrapolate that further if you want but it it like you know even even sort of PewDiePie onwards kind of thing. You know, like the idea of watching someone else play a game and you're watching them react. And maybe you've seen the game, maybe you haven't seen the game. Maybe you've played it, maybe you haven't. Maybe you know what's going to happen, maybe you don't. But you're kind of waiting to see their reaction the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that take, you know, you could just play the game yourself. And, you know, it took the world a little bit of time to work out the difference and kind of who they were going to take to court over that. But seemingly we're okay with the idea of, you know, someone so-and-so playing a game. And I'm guilty of, I've watched people play a whole game that I will never play, but I've watched them. Yep. I'll happily watch them uh, react to it and kind of vicariously. uh, In fact, actually, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do a little side tangent here. Um, I watched Limmy, the comedian, a Scottish comedian, who, if you aren't familiar with, and um, you have a sense of humour, I very heartily recommend that you check out. Um, I've been a long time fan of him and he is on Twitch. And I watch him while I'm having my breakfasts, 
depending on how frantic the morning is. But I try and kind of watch a bit of that. Or if I'm like doing a lot of the time, I'm maybe working on this podcast or whatever, and I've just got to kind of bounce stuff for ages and I'll put him on in the background. And obviously he's just playing games being Limmy, which is, you know, a very kind of brash Scottish comedian. Um, and obviously I'm not the only one out there. there are thousands and thousands of other people who, who watch him play. But he was playing Civilization Six the oh, other right. day. I've heard of that. And it made me think of your um, latest pastime, Catan. Sure. And yeah, it's I've, I got yeah, Catan slash Command and Conquer. I I feel like it sits in. So know. does this. So this this is so very I mean, that's similar. What I, mean with, I, I think, uh, what do you call it? Civilization, Civilization Six. I, th- yeah. I feel like that fits in somewhere between Catan and Command and Conquer as well. Right. Yeah, it's like a yeah. board game style thing. And after watching him play it for like a couple of days, I was like, that sounds <laughs> really fun. I'm going to get it. And it happened to be on sale at $4.99. Jobs, are good. Jobs are good. And so I was up till 11 p.m. last night. Andrew, yes. come on. Right. And everyone was wondering why you looked a bit tired That's and grumpy it. today. Two, uh, at least two or three hours over my bedtime. And I paid for it. I'm knackered today. <laughs> and, um, uh, but I was like, ah, oh, I wonder how similar this is to Catan. And I did manage to find the actual board game as well. But yeah, very turn-based. You're playing it, are you playing it on your phone? No, no, on the PlayStation 5. Oh. Yeah, man. Big screen. Although I prefer yeah. it on the Switch, I think. But I don't, apparently, yeah. as the game gets on, it it lags quite a lot. So I was warned off for that. And also, it's I think there's a, a a good thing I think in having games specific to a physical place where you can't just play them all the time. Sure, <laughs> because sure. Then so I play it in bed, and then I'll be, I reckon I'd be yeah. up even later. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that's a side tangent. But I watched him play, it and I was like, oh, that looks because it's basically just chess. Like Risk right. and Chess and Command and Conquer, kind of. Oh, that's how, so it's closer to a very political, geopolitical um, sort of exercise. Strategy. Yeah, yeah. And, and a myriad of politics and food and resources and military and religion and science and faith. Like very up my street and very, yeah. Such I think, it, I think fun. it's actually just, it's an educational thing for, you know, when the end of the world does come or zombies invade or whatever. That's true. It's, it's set you in good stead. Mm. Well, that's it. I, I mean, already I'm Japan and, <sighs> you know, I've, I've been slowly building up, made a little triangular formation uh, of towns. So I'm pretty, pretty covered. Australia's only gone on formed Confucianism. And is now trying to establish that in my towns. Get out. But they're friends with a neighbouring country who I've already promised I'm friends with. So I can't say, Australia, get out my town. Because then the big bad wolf next door, they're also going to start on me. I'm already way into the Renaissance era. <laughs> I can't, it's not medieval times. I can't just start a war. Now there's repercussions for starting a war. And so now I'm like, right, oh. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have to win out of military might. But now that's, that's my only... My only way forward. Only I can't option. form a faith of my own. There's no more faiths left to it. It's a, it's a real concern, Matthew. Fair. It does sound quite uh, a little bit more uh, in depth. 
than Catan. Yeah, I had, I've that. done a lot of reading <laughs> to even right, okay. to even really get an. But it was, yeah, it's quite fun. It's like a big game of chess versus nice kind of uh, come on and conquer. And I've forgotten what, I was, what this point was leading to. But what we wanted to talk about is the idea of reactions, and I uh, sent uh, Matthew what inspired this further on this morning is I realized that actually I get immense pleasure out of watching sort of essentially people who are assumed to be very far away from that background or very unfamiliar with maybe rock music or whatever. And there's millions. We were saying there's like vocal teacher reacts oh, sure, yeah. to whatever, you know, or like classic- drummers playing some classical drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz drummer plays metal for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Like drumio that there, there, is it drumio? Yeah. yeah. Like the, I've been watching those and it is all accumulated. And then, um, uh, yeah. Nathan Brown, uh, um, uh, I've watched his, uh, video this morning of him reacting to a Slipknot live show, like, you know, <laughs> listening to Slipknot live for the first time. And obviously this gentleman is, you know, clearly very far from the metal world, very, you know, unfamiliar. Um, and the pleasure I got out of watching his reaction and it's the, very good. And like the cr- the crossover. And then I was like, ah, oh, I, I got so much enjoyment out of it. I was so happy to see him like it. And then I was like, right. Like I flicked through with you and there was like killing in the name of, um, uh, yeah, BYOB by System of a Down. But I think even he did, uh, like, um, you know, like like songs you like songs from the seventies or like you wouldn't expect like not necessarily like modern stuff. And obviously, like Justin Hawkins, he does kind of reactions to sure yeah to artists. And it's funny, like, it, it, why why do you care? Because like I I cared about what he thought about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, I don't really care. I care about so, Justin it, that much. But why did I need to see that he liked what I liked? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I guess it's that's it's something there's something I'm not qualified to go into this and cite references, sure. but I'm sure humans have a need to connect mm. um, and sociable people, and so like social acceptance is kind of key. Like all those phrases, like dare to be different, because it is a dare. Because sure. people don't want to be ostracised by society for their weird ideas. Mm. People want everyone to go. You're okay, man. Come and have a sure. hug and a beer. Sure. And so finding common ground is like a mechanism to do that. And perhaps, yeah, shared experiences or shared taste, shared love for stuff is a good basis for that, I guess. I don't really care what Justin Hawkins thought about the Red Chili Peppers. But I, I really like Justin Hawkins. Yeah. However, it, it made it very clear to me that him and I, because he's older than me by quite... <laughs> We're rivals. Quite, uh, yeah, him and I have beef. Uh, no, he's, he's from it's a different list. generation to me oh. and has a, diff, a very, very firm footing in rock and roll. Mm. And I have, I, I have a, a, a great love for rock and roll. But that's his meat and potatoes, mm. and it's it's my it's one of it's my it's a potato for me. Okay. Uh, I have like a love for other things as well. Mm. So I realised actually we're very different in that respect. 
um, in case he's curious about how similar. Yeah, if we he's are. listening now, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hi, mate. Yeah, we are different. Different's good though. You know, opposites attract. Mm-mm-mm. I'll text him. Text him later. Um, but yeah, I think um, it can be. It's different for everyone. Some people like. Oh, like you say, all the people jumped on the bandwagon of going, no, John Frusciante is actually amazing, guys. Yeah, guy, you're, uh, you're, you, I know you think you know, but we actually know. Yeah. And There's you more to it. To, you're not looking hard Have enough. you listened to that one solo mm-hmm. from Slaying Castle? From, exactly. And, you know, that would just change your mind. And some people just, but some people just don't get it. And it's fine. And I think it's acceptance of difference is good. But I also yeah. think that overlap, the video you sent me, I watched about three times in a row. It's great. Endorphin. It's, it, it's also very well edited. It yeah. like cuts just as you want to see him say more about it. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, what? And then end. Uh, but he, uh, there's quite a, because uh, Corey Taylor's almost like, like in a rappy scat in the middle of it. Well, he, really like I say, him. yeah, obviously he's like, man's got bars or something. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like actually, Going for it. I've never really heard him kind of mm-hmm. uh, sing in that style. And then, but, and when, no matter what the gig is, no mm. matter what the genre is, when it pops off, you know, mm. when it's like the room is like, raise the roof, the room's jumping. It's, I think it's just universal. And um, I don't know, I've been thinking loads recently about uh, mo- most of the things that humans like involve bringing people together. Mm-hmm. I think fundamentally is they're, these days like managed vessels but really everyone just wants to be together in a massive group of mm-hmm. people directing their energy somewhere uh and it's a quite a universal feeling like when you watch uh, is it um there's a pantera in somewhere in south america it's a buenos aires or mexico city maybe with like a million people there. Wow. And it's just, and all when you look at all those crowds, and Metallica have done a few, I think, and someone's played in Pompeii, and all, all these mm. like Rage have done it as well. And it, there's, with bands like Rage, there's this huge link to politics and political upheaval that's going on in places. And these bands just come along with these crowds that are just so fucking huge. Mm. And the place just erupts. Mm, yeah. And it's, I don't, I think, there's not many things that do it on that scale like music you know you don't go and watch a film at your local cinema and there's fucking hundred thousand people there sure, sure. Uh, you know uh so i think I, I think that's just you know like madonna said you know music brings makes the people come together mm. and i think it's quite universal to see that so seeing his reaction when it all starts like you know really popping it was yeah very addictive just because it was like absolute awe, joy and like a kind of like a click of I don't know this but I like it yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what I'm seeing but it's fucking great so yeah. I've just sworn loads sorry kids yeah and I, and I think I think it's just like a, as always you know it's a there is such there are such boundaries between things when you know like there's almost so much similarity like you know again it and it, it's always extremes and and to to some degree you know i'm sure there's part of a uh, a sort of characterization or a stereotypical like again like classical drum you know uh, jazz drummer listens to 
you know, and the jazz drummer is always pretty jazz drummer. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, or like maybe, you know, Mary Sue, vocal coach, <laughs> listens, you know, to, you know, Murder, Death, Kill by whatever. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. somewhat like it, 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 there is, you know, a self-awareness uh, to that. But there is, yeah, like I said, there's something to, like, I, I don't, you might have seen that, um, uh, that band Ginger. Um, I've, I've heard of them think, a it, bit, but. But like, so just kind of, for the want of a better word, kind of rock slash kind of metally gent like band, female fronted. And obviously the kind of uh, twist is that she, in fact, in my opinion, her scream is better than her voice. Um, mm. uh, but both incredible, incredible control. And it's them playing this kind of acoustic, quite feeling song, which then switches into like a big old kind of genty screamed kind of chorus and a million and billion one, one people have reacted over it, but it's always a good moment. Cause like she's singing so sweet <laughs> and it is like a, it's almost like a jump scare kind of thing. Like it's, it's yeah, being yeah, yeah. set up and the vocal teacher's always like, you know, I, oh, this is very good. And the techniques, da, 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 da. I'm not sure where this is going to go, but let's watch it a little bit further. Oh, okay. Yeah, as well. Da, da, da. And then like everybody, all the fans know the bits coming, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. obviously, yeah, like it's gone from this kind of like, kind of, you know, finger style, like kind of thing. And then obviously then it's, like, and then obviously like, it's always like, I did not see that coming or, you know, whatever, but like, <laughs> Man, her voice and da, da 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 da, but like it's so funny how I must I must have seen about fifteen different takes on it. All of them are just as satisfying. There's something weird about it. I don't, you know, I don't think I've even really listened to more of their music other than that. But there's it, just something in the seeing the enjoyment of someone else. All of them, you know, you all of them pretty much across the board end up, you know, enjoying it or at least respecting it. And I think I think that's also really cool about. Um, it's funny you mentioned the the drumio thing. I, I combed through is it, their. Is it Lana Lana Lewis does tall? Is the one I'm thinking of. Oh no, Lana Lewis does Metallica. Unless there's oh, a tall who, one. Who is it that does tall then? Oh, I'm not sure who does tall. Oh, I I, I, but funny enough, that's how I because I really like Lana Lewis. I think he's an incredible drummer. Drums for Snarky Puppy and loads of other things. But yeah, it's him. Uh, part of a drumio who are like a, a drum um, sort of YouTube channel, drum tuition kind of based uh, YouTube channel. They do this really cool series, which is they get a drummer in who's clearly from a very different world and they listen to a song basically once and they are then instructed to kind of learn that song and play over That's it. Brilliant. And the idea is that they get different drummers from different backgrounds and they got Larnell Lewis to play, I think it's Enter Sandman by um, uh, uh, Metallica. And the idea is that you're meant to kind of, it's like in real time, you're meant to, they're like active listening. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I need to remember that that's on the offbeat there. And like, you know, and then they're kind of like sort of finger drumming for a bit. He's kind of like, and then da, da, one, okay, cool. And then maybe they, you know, they're making notes or they're trying to remember stuff. But again, like what's cool is, um, and I've forgotten her name, but there was like, for example, uh, uh, this lady who was a, um, like a very pop kind of session drummer, like maybe, you know, maybe she would have played for Beyonce or someone like that in, in very much in that world. And they asked her to play, I think it was Psychosocial by Slipknot. Right. And what's great is they play it and she starts laughing because she, again, she's not familiar with the song and she's just like, 
what you know, kind of like, oh, what have you guys done to me? Like, or whatever. And then she, she's kind of like, you know, going through the motions and whatever. But what's cool is like, as, <laughs> as the song goes on and like the riffs are like getting into place, her enjoyment of, and she's like clearly very much a fish out of water in that sense. She's like, whoa, like <laughs> after a bit, she's having so much fun. Like or maybe since it's a style of drums, she never gets to play. But it, it just, again, like so wholesome and so, uh, you know, like there's such a, such a nice thing to see that connection and like her talk about how just how much fun she had she's like maybe I, I really want to learn some more because that that's something I wouldn't normally do and I you know there was like no hamming it up like she she was really enjoying mm-hmm. it you know and learning the parts um and, and I think there's something whether it's like a sat you know like I don't know because again I'm, I have no attachment to those songs at all but there, there's something uh, in that reaction and I think that kind of amplification of something as well in, in that like, uh, you know, as we were talking about in the last podcast, when you like something and you are like, want to share it with someone else yeah, and you hope that they like it as much as, you know, you do. Or- yeah, especially if it might be a bit of a stretch. Mm. And it's, it was Dennis Chambers, his tour for the first ah, time. It's nice. really worth, really worth a watch. Okay. I'm not like the biggest tour fan, but mm. just watching someone who's totally unfamiliar with that the music mm. kind of, absolutely it's so good mm-hmm. and you're like what what how have you got it so quickly mm-hmm. and um but yeah no i think you just you want people to you want people to like it mm. and yeah sometimes it is a bit of a risk but i th- yeah we thought it'd be a good idea to um share an experience we both had sure of discovering something for the first time mm-hmm. and how that went because i think sometimes it's just like cool you know we've spoken you know we've spoken about it before like you listen to a brand new album brand new artist and you're like yeah or or you're just like oh, i don't know how i feel about that but i feel like there's a couple of times where you really get like you get a reaction like and again somewhat echoing what we spoke about last time you're in the right time you're in the right place like mm-hmm. a couple of times there's just a unique element that like it just hits and it's like you know it's no different than like I think the the kind of hairs on the back of your neck is always a really mm-hmm. good kind of sort of filter like few and far between where I've been like like you know it's really made me feel something or just really spoke to me that second and I think maybe that's something what's nice about those videos is that like uh, there's a good bit where like, uh, uh, yeah, BYOB by System of a Down, uh, that kind, uh, Nathan Brown. And obviously it starts with, like whatever. And so he's like, whoa. And you can kind of see him like checking out a little bit. And then like, as it kind of gets in the, and you get to the kind of chorus element, he's like, coming back in he's like yeah this is cool you know like lies from the table cloth you know like he's kind of feeling it and then the second time the heavy bit comes in he's a bit more up for that (laughs) does that mean it's like he's a bit prepared yeah yeah and then by the end of it he's loving it do you know what I mean and like I think I think it's I think as well that of watching something affect someone is is cool certainly if it really speaks to them I think that's that's a (laughs) That's it's a cool thing as well, I think, the the medium of, like, pl- 
playing it rather than just hearing it because there's, you're not you're involved rather than just um I think you'd probably be potentially more put off if you were just hearing it. You know what I mean? Sure. If you're actually engaging it uh, with it in a way that you're familiar, so you can you're you're then forced to find a crossover, mm. like practically speaking, to to what you are familiar with and what you like about mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. So what, if, what, what you was want, your what was your your kind of story? Oh man! Right. So. When I was a wee boy, mm. uh, my friend Rosie, hey Rosie, um, introduced me to a band and I was like, oh cool. And so I checked them out as I always did because she had great taste, has great taste. And um, the band was a band called Hope of the States. Okay. And they're from, I looked it up earlier, they're from Chichester, mm-hmm. um, but... Moved about a bit, but they released an album in 2004 called um, <laughs> Memory Blank. What's it called? Uh, the, the first track's called The Black Amnesiast. I'll give you that. Uh, the Lost Riots. There you go. They released an album in 2004 called The Lost Riots. And it's brilliant. Okay. And so, anyway. I was started checking this album out and it's I'm like this is this is really cool. But I went to a Leeds festival in 2005 or 2006 and saw them there. And I cannot describe the feeling I had at this gig. It like it changed my world. Okay. So they played in like a, a tent and I remember being really near the front and kind of getting you know swept around but just being transfixed and almost like in tears and like moved by this experience they were they were i think they were were quite a big live band at the time um out of violinist and it was very much a um the first album had a very much a post-rock kind of lean to it Mm -hmm. which at that time i had no idea what post-rock even was Mm -hmm. you know i didn't even i'd never heard of it um and i guess i guess at the time I'm not, maybe I don't know how big post rock was at the time, sure. but um, the Scottish band, whose name I always forget, who I went to see the other week, um, were around since the nineties. So I'm assuming it was well established, but maybe not where it is now. Okay. Did um, you go knowing you wanted to see them, or or yeah, okay, yeah, because I'd, I'd I'd heard the album. I think I'm sure it's 2006 because they split. They announced their split at uh, Reading 2006. Okay. Um, and so I'm sure I'd had wind that they were splitting uh, because I remember that feeling of loss. <laughs> but um, honestly, they're, it's, they're obviously a guitar band, but I'm sure they had a live violinist. The guy's voice is so unique, really um, the kind of post-rock, art-rock kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really musical, really full and dark and brooding and... Don't know. Just really, cu- I was really curious about it. Like there's something, there's something really intriguing about their sound. Um, but yeah, they released uh, Lost Riots in 2004. Then an EP called Blood Meridian EP in early 2006, and then like literally two months later, the second album left, which I also really really like. Um, and yeah, they're 
I think my introduction was through someone I trusted to go, you'll like this. Mm -hmm. And I did. But that gig, it just, it changed everything. It it made, I didn't understand what I'd seen. But post-rock's a very um, involved and kind of all-encompassing genre. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's very, and it's very emotive. Yeah. Um, And so being into kind of, nice melody and classical instruments mm-hmm. to an extent, you know. Uh, I mean, you hear November Rain with strings in it, but it's not quite the sure, same sure. as like a violinist playing live in this uh, and all the delay and this, this wall of sound. Okay. It was just overwhelming and and brilliant. And I've loved them ever since. And actually, I recently remembered, they, they kind of disappeared from my life a bit. Mm. And I recently uh, stuck the albums on again and was like, oh, shivers like this is so good so good did you feel that um, at the time so as in but like the difference between you listening to them first but mm. it was the live show how how, however many years later was it or how much time it must be within a year or two okay the album came out in 2000 so i would have seen him in 2006 i think Mm. and so it would have been less than it's probably about a year to be honest or a year or two okay um, so since, what, what I mean is it wasn't it. as big of a deal as in like you heard the album and you're until like, oh, I cool. saw it live right okay interesting yeah no live really like I think that happens with some bands I spoke on here about seeing Clutch live and I was mm. like wow mm. this is like a hoedown uh, this is great uh, and yeah the Mogwai that's who the Scottish band are I think the records are really good but Again, post-rock translates really well live. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what much more to say about it, but it was just one of those, it was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. But again, if I'd if it had been 20 years later and I'd gone and then I'd seen Explosions in the Sky or, mm. you know, anyone else, Caspian or something, mm. or Mono, uh, yeah, I'd have been like, Oh, cool! There's loads of this, but it was it was at that time in life where I'd never ever heard anything in the world like it. Uh, and it's one thing hearing it on a record because it's songs. You go, "Oh, cool songs," and that's how I was listening to it. Like, "Oh yeah, I like these songs." Mm. And then live is like it's an experience more mm. than just songs. Um, so yeah, but I I bought the um, the EP I mentioned. Oh, nice! I bought recently. Oh, very it's called- nice. Blood Meridian EP and it's one of it's a 10 inch it's got a virgin sticker on the front for 2 99 nice and it's got this really cool like little tear in the front cover and then the the middle sleeve kind of moves around oh, but yeah cool. one of 2000 and it's labelled 1157 I like that when something's limited mm. you know I know it is like verified sure so yeah like I really, really, I honestly, if you're into kind of post rock and great bands, they're not around anymore. This band, they're only around for like six years. Did two they albums and an EP. Do anything else after or just? Uh, no, gone. I think they've, they've uh, a couple of guys formed a band called the Northwestern, which I followed for a bit, but I don't think there's much out there. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a while ago now, um, but the music still really stands up and just really a really interesting band because mm-hmm. also post-rock a lot of the time is instrumental and mm-hmm. this is uh you know vocally led mm-hmm. so there's a really 
the second album's a bit less post rock, but this is a really nice place, a really nice take on, uh, yeah, on uh, like a really nice medley of influence. So, Hope of the States okay. and, and you, the, the Lost Riots. Do you remember, like, the set they played? Was it just from a particular record, or was it like, you know, kind of a couple of songs from different records, or was that their first record then that when you saw them? I think it was after both records had come out. Oh, okay. I just actually went on setlist.fm and uh, looked at it. I think it was a bit of a mix between both albums. Okay, um, but there's the, the opening track of the Lost Riots is called "The Black Amnesias," mm. and is that song is instrumental and it's a vibe. And they start with that and it's like, whoa. Yeah, I remember that feeling so well. Nice. And so Um, was it, you were like, okay, we're going to Leeds Festival. I need to see this band. Or was it like, I'm going to Leeds Festival to see this band? Was there other bands you wanted to see? Or just a part of the band? Oh, yeah. So at the time, I went to Leeds like five times. And me and my friends would go every year. And I'd look at the lineup, line by line. Mm. And decide so i've got okay i'm gonna to go to that okay. you know this is pre-clash finder you're going okay what time are they on <laughs> and and working out my my idea was uh it, it was like leads at times like 100 quid mm-hmm. and in my mind i was like how can i see as many bands as possible that's, cool. that's, that's the only reason i was there okay uh it it, it it struck me as the most ridiculous value in the world mm-hmm. if you were to go to a gig for 20 or 30 quid when you could pay a hundred quid and see thirty sure. bands, you sure. know, not anymore. The weekend, no, exactly. Mm. But you know, inflation, and yeah. you know, at the time that was a uh, that's about five hundred quid in today's <laughs> money. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that was the. I had quite a, a few of my friends were quite focused in that way to that's to go cool. and see stuff, and it was always about checking out, um, checking out the new music that was around and things you'd heard in the year or mm-hmm. just really wanted to catch. Um, so yeah, I was had quite a bit of a schedule and uh, not really anal about it, but there's things that I didn't want to miss, mm-hmm. um, including those guys. So yeah, really glad I did. Nice. Did we, were you with those people or was it you by yourself? You I, I, I remember being, uh, I think me and my friend Rich might have been in the pit okay. because that's what it was like, get to the gig, get to the front enjoy sure uh, but sure. but i'm sure there was other people there but in the in the sweaty summer in like august dusty not showered for five days kind of sticky vibe i think that was me and maybe another mate so um okay. yeah just but again it doesn't matter if, if you're on your own because everyone's there with you you know exactly. that collection of experience and like I don't. I, when I first thought of this, of telling, like talking about this earlier, I was like, it made me think a band like that. They weren't a big band. They were very hyped at the time, actually, and like very, um, you know, heralded as like a next big thing or whatever. And uh, I read that in the first album, like the guitarist committed suicide in the studio, oh, which uh, was really dark and yeah. slightly overshadowed. Obviously, it's tragic as well, but mm-hmm. um, slightly overshadowed the the band that was what the press kind of wanted to talk about right. was what I was reading um but yeah when I was they weren't yeah weren't a huge band but for me it really made me think of do as a as a band and an artist 
like if you could have any idea how much that moment meant to someone sure because i was thinking of like what i must have looked like at the time you know just a sweaty teenage grunger you know little (laughs) long hair and just going you know in the crowd like Mm. being tossed about Mm. and i don't know the words particularly maybe i didn't know some of the words i probably did but but what that meant to me was so colossal Mm. i cannot describe but there's no way they would have known that. And I wasn't the only person there. So sure. like that, the knowledge for that kind of, ba- for that band, I don't know, the power that uh, an artist has, mega. It just made me really kind of think about that. Our, uh, our manager would always say, doesn't matter if this is your best or your worst gig, somewhere out there, it's someone's first gig. Like and we were that. like... Thanks, mate. Uh, But it's it's so true. Like it's it's uh, you know as always it's it's that again it's that divide. You know some it's some gigs are like a job and some gigs are your favourite gigs. And you know again we would always have a joke with our management where like our favourite gig we'd come on stage being like, whoa, you know that was the best show. Oh, you know buzzing. Our managers would be like. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And then, like, we'd come off and we'd be like, oh, my God, just kill me now. Like, this, that was the worst. And, like, what happened with the thing? And, like, well, I don't know, it's broken. And, like, yeah, sorry, my that I completely forgot. And, oh, my God, and da-da-da-da. And, um, and then, oh, that was a great gig. That was amazing. And, like, there's nothing worse than people telling you you've had such <laughs> a good gig when you've had a yeah. horrible gig. So, like, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's so you want to believe that the artist is on the, on the wavelength that you are, you know, I funny speaking of leads. I think I saw, um, I think I saw, I saw nine inch nails play up there after they'd had their, um, their tizzy with Biffy Clyro the, earlier in the day. And so you knew Trent was going to go on miserable. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like I say, it does have an impact on same with the Mars Volta. If they were having a bad day, everyone has a bad day. If they were having a good day, everyone's having a great day. It's a funny you know, Oasis, all kinds of bands like that, mm-hmm. where it's like you, you want to, you are, you know, you're still looking for that. You're hoping that it meant as much, it meant as much to them as it meant to you. But it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you want, you want to believe that, you know, it's meaningful to them, you know, when by all likelihood, it's probably just, you know, you're just probably thinking about whatever you're thinking about or just, you know, good and good or bad. Some of them, you know, I would always rate gigs by if I daydreamed the whole show, means I had a flawless gig. Means I had the best. If I just was literally just away, completely away with the fairies, I'd be like, I'd wake up and the show would be finished. That'd be the best day ever. Means I'd done my job. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just playing and enjoying it. And just, in, you know, that that's what that was. If I was like, oh, we got a big load out to do after this and we've got a thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. or whatever. Or, bit, a bit hungry. You know, yeah. yeah, or like, oh God, yeah, we got then like, or something's broken or something's, you know, sort of kicking you out the mood a little bit then. But yeah, it's a funny, it is, it is a funny, uh, uh, it is, a, it is, a, it is a, a, a funny element. Have you heard any audio from that show since? 
No, I actually should look it up. Because I, I was, was wondering if, this... like, it's one of those things you hear it and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm going to, like, pin my tail on my donkey and say that uh, okay. I think it would be still sound great. I'll check them out. I've, I know the name, but I had no idea. I thought they were a punk band. So. Oh, no, no, no. It sounds yeah, like I, it. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know what you think about it, but okay. I'd still, yeah, check it out. I'll, t- I'll tell you and, next time. How about that? Yeah, Stand, you we'll leave you, you on a cliffhanger. Go on, what's your mine's what's your fairly? Choice? I mean, I've got a few. Um, I have got. A, there's a few opportunities where, like, a, I've heard a support band, um, and again, just kind of. Uh, again, they're fairly linear stories. For example, one time, uh, me and Daryl. It was the beginning of our love affair with you know, Biffy Clyro and Ruben and all those kinds of bands. And we went to see Biffy at the Roundhouse. And I think it was Frank Turner and um, your code name is Milo were supporting. And I uh-huh. believe for whatever reason, we were late, which sounds believable. And we missed Frank Turner as we came through or maybe Frank Turner was just finished actually no it's a lie we came through we rushed in and I had no idea who your codename is Milo is never seen them never heard their music never anything and proceeded to have like 30 minutes of like just like like with Daryl and just being like like three guitar players and the very beginning of like my love affair with like Paul Mullen, who's there was a guitar player and, and singer at the time. Like every band he's in is one of my favorite bands. Paul just, Mullen. Yeah. Just, just left-handed kind of SG like player, but just amazing voice, amazing scream. Just, he's the guitar player for young Legionnaire. He played in the automatic for a little bit. Um, I think he's in a, 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 a he has another one called Losers, uh, but he's kind of played for in in so many elements. But I really really remember that as just having no idea and just kind of everyone being like Biffy Biffy Biffy. This is going to be I think it was just after Puzzle maybe, mm-hmm. and you know everyone being excited for that and then like just being like I, I think I I can't even remember the songs they played. It was just a I just remember being so. I mean, you've, everyone's witnessed one. Well, like, if I'm excited about something, just being so buzzed about it, and then just poor Daryl, just blah, 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 like we were both raging about how good it was. <laughs> and then I think as we left the Biffy show, Paul was standing by the kind of merch table, and so we got. Obviously, we were just like, "Oh, that was so good! Uh, thank, thank you!" <laughs> like or whatever. And I remember him being very, I'm sure, very humble at the time, but. It was such a like unexpected like treat, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. just come along and like this band that just had the vocals and the riffs and everything that we we were just so in love with. I had no idea anything. I, I was flabbergasted. I had no idea, had listened to anything. I have no, I still don't even remember what the lineup was because they split up very soon after. And... And then we bought their album literally like the next day, I think. Or maybe, I think maybe we bought it at the merch tent off of Paul. I can't remember. One of those stories is true. And um, 
And yeah, and just being like, what? And then literally we walked out and there, obviously after seeing Biffy and then, you know, there he was kind of thing, which is like, if anything, we were like, wanted to chat, you know, and be like, my God, that was amazing. Like, that, where the fuck were you? You know, like, <laughs> um, but I think, I think the story I was going to, uh, I'm trying to triangulate how I knew this is like pre decent internet pre kind of there wasn't that much consumption of it but I think pretty sure YouTube and stuff was around but I remember we were uh, living in Surbiton or the band um, with Chris our producer at the time and in our little house and I remember uh, I had a little humble little setup at home and we were kind of on the verge of recording uh, Blood and Chemistry and I was just there with my guitar, I had a little, uh, a weird little, I had my orange head and this little Vox speaker cabinet. And which I don't know how I got away. From, I don't know how I got away with playing that in the house, but I did. <laughs> well, probably not very loud. And I just, I don't know what got me there. I don't know what tipped me over the edge. But somebody somewhere, whether it was a comment, it was something on the internet, like a YouTube comment or something like this. And I think Meshuggah had just released the video for Bleed, which is obviously like internet heavy. Everyone's like reacting to that video. Everyone's, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And then the video at the time, I think, is them on a train headbanging. And I think maybe I saw that video and I think that was maybe like my first impression of Meshuggah. And I think I just saw the beginning and I was like, okay, that's what they are kind of thing. Or I'd maybe I'd seen it a fair amount prior. I thought that's what you are. And it just didn't, I'd heard like a couple of snippets of that song and that video. Just wasn't, wasn't for me. And this is someone who goes to his, I mean, unlike you, Matthew, I don't get anywhere near the front. There's one time I got near the front and then, and then that was it. <laughs> I stand at the back or at the sides or in as a comfortable place as possible. And I watch everything. I'm like, okay, he's playing this, he's playing that. And I stand there. Maybe I'll fold my arms. I'll nod my head. Sometimes mm-hmm. I sing along. I'll clap very enthusiastically and maybe even whoop if I'm moved. Oh. But that's about, that's about it, right? Um, no, I, you know, still enjoying it. And I was in our little flat, our little, our entire flat, for some reason, all the floors felt like they sunk in at the middle. And that's something always I remember about the experience of standing in the room, I had my little carpet and I was, had my, I just got an MacBook Pro. So I was like, mm-hmm. finally, I can, I got it on finance. I can produce, I can start producing, you know, like I can start writing stuff. And we wanted to like, you know, the whole thing with the album was like, right, you know, we're going to, we want to take it further. I want to learn more. And, you know, we already listened to bands like 22 and all these kinds of bands. But I wanted to get this heavy sound. Everyone was like, oh yeah, and I listened to my sugar. And I was just like, yeah, I have. And nah, it's just not, not for me. And I, 
I can see, I can almost see through my mind's eye. I can see my eyes reading the comment, but I don't know what it was from or where it was from, a forum, something. But somebody said, it might have even been James Scarlett. I feel like it's someone like that. Like a, one of the guitarists from Tesseract, someone would like put it in Twitter, something that was like, in death is life or or, or the, the, the song. And so I put that into, I can only think YouTube at the time. Must have been YouTube. And I had it hooked up. I had my hi-fi speakers in my room. And I pressed play. And I'm not ashamed to say this. Have you seen the video um, by Feeder? I've forgotten the name of the song, but it goes... Oh, yeah, that's um, a really famous one. Uh, Because you're in all blame myself. I'm going to have to look it up, but carry on. All I remember is the kid going, funny now! Um, And (laughs) the boy in his teenage room, like kind of flailing around. I'm assuming it was kind of fan-made video and they were asked to kind of film themselves. But is it just a day? Just a day, maybe. Um, I think it is. And uh, I press play and there's like a small kind of you know, classic gen intro kind of, you know, special particle delay reverb setting, whatever, chime. And then so began a journey that just... I... Every cell in my body was just fighting zombies for their dear for their dear life. The zombies were coming up the stairs and they were about to kill my whole family. And I had to f- hold that door back. Hold door, hold the door. <laughs> and I'm no shame in admitting, for the first time, maybe the first time in my entire life, other than being on a stage. I just fucking went mental in my room. I just could not control. Like it was just punishing. And just, just when you think, ah, the punishment's over, even heavier, even like there's like a new, they found 12. They just, it just goes into the next thing. I just remember I was sweating. I just remember being like, rewind like straight back to the beginning same like just so much I've never had anything speak to my body let alone my ears or my feelings or emotions or thoughts like just endless riffs that just keep going and just keep building and it was so like primordial and so like primitive in its in its in its appeal it, it was just so fire and brimstone I just remember it just I must have listened to that song thousands maybe mm-hmm. just over and over again before I even listened to the rest I, I you know, bought the album and everything still run to that album to this day uh, Catch 33 but I just it's just and it, and it just keeps going. And obviously, like everything, I, we were really trying to, you know, expand our kind of 
riff knowledge at that time and really learn that stuff and translate it to us and and obviously explains a lot of blood and chemistry in that sense but like mm. i met i've never had a a feeling that was just i i i had no chance no other i must have looked like an absolute bellend but <laughs> just alone in my room and then i just remember like adam cut like you need to hear this now <laughs> daryl net na- like now <laughs> and i think they were like yeah we've heard it before but yeah, nice. literally never had a, a, a just the feeling like that where i just wanted to like rock out and just you know and just that unlearn loo- it yeah and just just be a teenager in my bedroom rocking out on my own in the middle of you know two it's pm. It's a beautiful thing. Two pm in you know Surbiton. Two pm on a Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably just obviously like the floors were super thin, so I'm sure just <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I just nice. I could have honestly, I could have moved the moon. I felt like in that in that brief seven minutes or whatever it is. But I just I've never had it. Never had a feeling like that since and um, maybe never will I um but yeah just struck me just I could not comprehend playing that and not exploding with well yeah I with them I I can't even I don't see it as playable music it's just it's Mm. not even it's beyond that it's just it's it's a the sound of war yeah it's not it's it's not it's not instruments anymore Mm. um yeah, it's just a amazing, amazing. Super, like I say, it's like a, like uh, I can only think of it like you were saying with that band, like what they were thinking. It must be like wielding a superpower. Like, like I've seen people like or say, big sword. Yeah, just when when they let you have it, when Sugar are just like, here come the guns. It must be like riding a nuclear missile. Do you know what I mean? Like it must, because you're just the voice of hell. You know, like yeah, I bet in I bet in their ears it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must. I I I can't. I can't. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, could, couldn't fathom I'd, I would be able to play it I'd just I would rock out so hard I'd knock myself out on the guitar <laughs> I'd break all the strings it just yeah, invokes yeah, yeah. such physicality in my body it mm. just it just resonates I just don't like why it's why I run I purely run to my sugar just pick an album I need to give them a bit more like uh, ear time I think because every time I do hear them I'm like Jesus yeah. this is Catch 33 insane. that's my favourite and their okay. new records are really really good as well actually I really like um, Coloss and uh, what's the most recent one Violent Lapse of Reason or something like that um, okay. to be honest I just I, they're the only band I just put on I never put on a single track start from the beginning and I go running so I don't know any names of any tracks I just put oh, it okay. on and then when the album's finished I'm finished <laughs> go home <laughs> brilliant that's it all in a day's work that's it right should we do some music or shall we just leave it at the sugar and hope in the states I mean that's a pretty good is that if that's your um, catch 33 
That's oh yeah, why not? Yeah, that's that's why not? Catch thirty three. I'm pretty sure it's Catch thirty three. It's just um, it's just a behemoth of a record, and it just I'm trying to get Sophia to listen to it. I really think I'm like it just it's the perfect running record, mm-hmm. and it just you will do your fastest lap time ever. Consequently. And I will find this after we talk. I want to find that guy reacting to a Meshuggah song because I, it is of my oh, firm yeah. belief, and I'm speaking to everyone now, and I've, I've heard a handful of bands get very close, but I think when rap music or grime or any of that genre, if they ever found Meshuggah and truly embraced it, kind of like new metal to some degree, mm-hmm. like sort of rap and, and metal. Just and, tenfold. But considering like the production and the and, and like just how like kind of um sort of like resourceful I, I, I and that's why I've got a lot of friends in that ironically a lot of friends in that uh, uh, sphere of music I love the kind of ingenuity and like the kind of cross pollination within like all the artists there and I just think if they came together I think if 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 you know, like, I think uh, they've got close. Like, Jay-Z's had a few, you know, like the Linkin Park collaborations and stuff. It's not quite mm-hmm. gentle or anything. But that that kind of percussive, it is so similar. Like, the Slipknot, like, reaction is mm-hmm. so similar. It's so close. I think, honestly, that band would take over the world. Like, um, uh, who was that band? There's a few, there's a few, like, little hints of it. Um, they've split up now, I and I can't remember their name. Not Heart of a Coward. Um, not monuments, but monuments do have an element of that in them. Oh, I can't think who they. Um, it's killing me. <laughs> they were so good, and we used to play with them all the time. And okay. then they—I think they've split up now, and the guitarist left. But he used to be in a band called Heart of a Coward. Oh, it's going to drive me wild. I'm going to flash it up on the screen and I'm going to remember okay, to put okay. it flashing up on the screen. They were amazing. We saw them, at, we used to play with them all the time. We saw them at so many festivals and we're like, that's it. They're going to take over the world. And then they didn't. I think they split up. But I oh. feel like they got so close in that they had like two kind of MCs and basically a gent band and they would kill it because everyone can get along with it. Mm-hmm. So I think if you had like those beats, those grooves, which are traditionally filth anyway, transferred them into a genre Intelligent. Intelligent. <laughs> Intelligent. Ça s'écrit. Au revoir. Merci. Merci, Bucket. <laughs> Merci, Bucket. <laughs> but you know, I think it would be, um, I think that it's a match made in heaven. Wicked. If you're listening. Well, there you go. That was a journey back in time. There you go. A little bit. A little bit. If you've ever discovered music, write to us. <laughs> uh, um but thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Thank and um, yeah, Hope of the States, The Lost Riots. It's a really an album worth checking out. Nice. And Left, the second one, also were. They're just a great band. And it's funny when bands disappear, like after a while, mm. I think it's worth just, you know, it's, good music can like continue beyond the people. Absolutely. So I think it's just, it's just worth sharing, you know, those little nuggets of joy from times gone by. So yeah. Amen. We'll stick some links in the description box below and we'll be here next week, next Tuesday. Uh, This is every Tuesday uh, on video, on YouTube and on audio. 
I'm running out of brain power. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks to our Patreons. Thanks, thanks, we'll thanks. see you next week. Thank you so much. We love you loads. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Ciao.